0: and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. Appreciate you all being with me today. I want to ask you, have you ever been in the dark? Darkness is scary, isn't it? imagine that you're on a trip, you've got a motel reservation made in a town, you get there after dark, the motel's on the edge of town, on the edge of a wooded area, nice place. Uh, You check in, you go into your room, you go to the hotel restaurant, you have dinner, go back to your room, go to sleep, and you set your alarm for early in the morning as you normally do, pretend that you normally do. You get up before dark, you've got a sliding glass door in your motel, you open the door, you go out to the patio. Uh, to have your cup of coffee and your time in the morning with whatever you're going to do there. And it's pitch black outside. And you've never been out that door. You've never seen what it looks like. There's no moon. There's no stars. It's cloudy. It's just pitch black. And it's really dark. I mean, you can't make out the shapes or shadows. You can't see what's there. You So you sort of imagine. Uh, and it's scary. I mean, you're afraid to step off of the little patio there. There might be animals or there might be a barbed wire fence There might be hornets. You might step on a hornet's nest or there might be a rake there that somebody left. You'd step on it, it'd bonk you in the head or all sticker bushes, all kinds of things. So you sit there and then after a little bit, the sun starts coming up and it shines, and it illuminates everything. And then you see, oh, I see. It's beautiful. There's flowers, there's the woods, there's a little lake there. It's not scary at all. Light makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? Have you ever seen a picture like this before? Have you seen pictures like that? What do you see there? There are two different images that you can see. What do you see? One is a haggard old woman that usually when this is presented, it it says this is the mother-in-law picture. The other is a beautiful young woman. And if you've never looked at this picture before, you get one in your mind and it can be really hard to see the other. I mean, which one is it? How do you know which one it is? Well, the stereotype mother-in-law thing is what I want to talk about first of all in that picture. Now, full disclosure, my mother-in-law was anything but she was a wonderful lady. She was fun. She was full of life up until she died in her mid-90s. She was a wonderful lady and a great mother-in-law. Now, the, the stereotype nagging mother-in-law, and I hope you never had one, but obviously some people have, is the type of person that's never smiling, always frowning, always watching you never happy, always suspicious. I mean, you can't do anything right around them. You get the idea they're keeping a mental list of all your shortcomings, and they bring them up regularly. And they let you know in many subtle and sometimes not so subtle ways that you're the one that's responsible for taking their child away from them and ruining them and not giving them the kind of life they should have. They let you know that. It's tense and anxious around a mother-in-law like that. And when you hear that she's coming to visit, (laughs) just all kinds of things go through your mind. That's not too exciting. So which person did you see in that picture? The old lady mother-in-law or the beautiful young wife? How we see things, how we picture things, how we see God is the difference between light and darkness, When we see the picture of true picture of God, which is pure light, we're in a wonderful love relationship with someone that gets better every day. It's like fine wine that just improves with age. It's overflowing with the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. It's bright. It's a relationship with God's deeply intimate and far-reaching love, a relationship with God's enduring and inclusive love. It's a bright relationship with endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding, extravagant love that pours in you until you're filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. It's all bright and beautiful. It's a relationship that you love to be with, and you just can't get enough of it. It's a relationship where God's mighty power constantly works in you, accomplishing and achieving infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceeding your wildest imaginations. It's a relationship where God's bright, miraculous love, light, and power constantly energizes you. How we see God, like which person we saw in that drawing, and those of you who are just listening to this, obviously you couldn't see it, but you've probably seen those pictures before. How we see God is the difference between dark and light. It can be a wonderful, exhilarating relationship, like drinking fine wine that's really good and only gets better. Or it can be like drinking badly spoiled milk that gets worse every day and makes you sicker and sicker. Which picture of God you see affects everything. If you see the picture, the true picture of God shining more and more light on you every day, well, that's wonderful. That's why I do what I do, because I used to see the other picture, which I now call Adam's dark religious small g God. But now I see the true God who is pure light. That's why I'm working on a new course called Pure Light Walking, what I do now in these teachings and what I'm doing in that course is not to teach people what I know, but it's to teach people to hear from God themselves, to hear and see and know Jesus' Father, who is love and pure light with no trace of darkness, like fine wine, rather than seeing Adam's religious pseudo-God, who's like the nagging mother-in-law, who's really like spoiled milk getting worse every day just the differences is night and day. it's light and dark. So how do we come to see the real true God? Glad you ask. The way we see and hear and know the true God is to be still and know. Until the Holy Spirit of Christ in us opens our spiritual eyes and spiritual ears, we don't know. As a matter of fact, We don't even know what we don't know. It's the most important thing in our life to know, but we don't know that until we know it. Now, it takes time. It's not a microwave magic fix. It's in that time that we ponder. We be still. We ponder. We meditate. We just be. We be with the mind of Christ. Now, It takes a commitment to do that, to spend time with God by yourself in the stillness and listen. And I found that the reason that most people don't want to spend time with God is because they believe in the wrong concept of God. They picture God as that nagging mother-in-law and they don't want to be around her. They're afraid of Adam's religious small g God, and they don't want to get near that God. They don't want to hear what that God has to say because they know it's going to be condemning and tell them how bad they are and what they got to give up and what they got to do to try to please and how much they got to give and all this kind of time. And they don't want that. Why would they want to be around a God like that? I remember somebody asked me one time, they said, well, your life's really changed. What's going on? And I started to tell them about being involved in a church and going to church and being in all these uh, small groups and Bible studies and stuff. And The person just looked at me and said, why would I want to do that? And they had the concept in their mind that it was like being with a nagging mother-in-law all the time. Why would you want to do that? Well, years ago, I started writing down what God said to me. Here's something that Papa said. I call him Papa, Father God. Here's what Papa said to me in one of our times together. And it's, he's saying this to you two today. To my most special child, whom I adore totally and forever, I want you to see today and every day that time is how you show your love. You will spend your time with whatever you love the most. Maybe a hobby, a profession, education, a quest for significance, a quest for knowledge, sports, politics, music, art, whatever you find yourself spending the most of your non-work time with is what you really love. Papa went on to say, I want you to be aware that whatever you're drawn to reveals what you really love. Time is how you show and spend your love. And then Papa said, you know that I am love." I want you to know and see that how I spend my time and my love is simply being with you. And that's true for every one of us. He said, my goal, my desire, my will, what drives me is you simply being with you. He said, you can call that union or oneness. He said, I just want you to know I'm not a nagging mother-in-law. I don't have an ulterior motive or a hidden agenda. He said, many people believe the lie that I'm all about getting people to live right, their perfect behavior. Not even close, he said. Many people believe I'm all about work and service and getting people to do the things I want them to do and to sacrifice and do things for me. Not even close. He said, many people believe that I'm all about getting people to believe in Jesus so they will ask for the forgiveness of their sins so I don't have to send them to hell and torture them forever. Are you kidding me? He said, not even on my radar. He said, many people believe that what is most important to me is for people to study the Bible so they can learn how to live better and please me and find me. (laughs) Not even close. What I am all about, he said, what I love, what I spend my time at is you being with you, not you doing stuff for me, but me doing whatever you're doing with you revealing my unconditional love, my unconditional forgiveness, my radical grace and total inclusion, and the results of Jesus' finished work at the cross to you so you can relax and rest and enjoy being with Jesus and the Holy Spirit in me. Time with you is how I show my love. Love, Papa. That's the August 19th note from Papa in my book by that name. And you know, as I was reading that this week again, it reminds me of what Jesus said when he called the 12 disciples. He said, Come, follow me. And he didn't give them a textbook. He didn't have them memorize the Jewish scripture. He didn't have classes on doctrine. Follow me, in his language, meant come and be with me. Hang out. No agenda. Just be. King David wrote what God inspired him to write in Psalm 46.10. He said, be still and know that I am God. See, when you're still, you just be. Be still. Be in God's presence. Not thinking about or doing anything else. Now, of course, you're always in God's presence. He's in you. You always will be. And when you take time to realize that you are immersed, saturated, and encompassed in God, when you experience God's presence in a mystical, supernatural way, you experience it's all good. He's all good. Pure light, not even a trace of darkness. You be still then you hear God, not Adam's God, not the dark mother-in-law God. Then you hear the only true God communicating with you in such a way that you see and you know. You know I am. Be still and know I am. Lydia DuToit, Francois Dutoy's wife, he's the uh, translator of the Mirror Bible, posted this on social media a couple of days ago. She said, the Lamb of God has taken away the sin of the world. It's about time that this good news of great joy is proclaimed with bold clarity. She said, mankind is the property of God, both by design and redemption. Then she quoted Psalm 21, 4. The earth is fully the Lord's and the world and those who dwell in it. She said, it's so important to ponder the genesis of it all where we began. Ponder is to be still, listen, meditate, think about, listen to the mind of Christ in you, the still small voice in you. Ponder that. Ponder where it began when God said the trio of them, Elohim, plural, let us make mankind in our image and likeness. She says, What an amazing thought to consider that Elohim, the Trinity, knew us before they even formed us in our mother's womb. Our brief history on this planet didn't introduce us to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are their love dream. How easy it becomes then to understand the gospel, the good news to all people, and why our Father paid a non-negotiable price to redeem his own. He bought the whole field because he knew the treasure it holds. Ponder think about, meditate in the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are community, joyful relationship, love and grace in action. My friend Baxter Kruger uses the original Greek word that they call perichoresis. See, when you're in God's presence, the only true God's presence, it's pure light. It's pure love relationship with absolutely no darkness. And the good news that came when Jesus came, the light for all people in the world was that Adam's God is not real. That was the good news. God's not what you think he is. Adam's God is not real. The real God is good news to all people. And when you're in their presence, in that relationships, God's light will shine on something every time, will reveal the truth to you. And then you'll go, oh, I see. I used to look at the picture this way, but now I see. When God shows you something and your spiritual eyes see and your spiritual ears hear, you see. And that seeing morphs into knowing. Knowing God's deeper and deeper and deeper pure light. Be still and know. That's when you see. When you do that, sometimes you'll hear a word, just a single word. It'll sound like your own voice because you're one with the person speaking and they're speaking from inside of you. Sometimes you'll hear sentences, conversation. Sometimes God will ask you a question. Sometimes you'll sense something really strong. You'll get an impression about something. Sometimes you'll see a picture or a vision. I'm going to tell you about one of those as we get ready to close it a little bit. Sometimes you'll hear music. I did this morning. Sometimes you'll hear something that's going on with somebody else that, you know, only God could reveal to you. Sometimes you'll just know that you're loved and valued and included. Sometimes God will show you how he could never, ever be the dark concept of Adam's religious God that you had thought of. He will always show you pure light. You will never hear, experience, feel, or sense darkness, fear, angst, worry, threats, if then, you'll never hear, you're not good enough, something's wrong with you. You'll never hear exclusion, unforgiveness, separation, condemnation, wrath, shame, or judging. You'll never do. If you hear those things, that's from a different spirit, as Jesus said. That's from Adam's religious concept of a small g God who is not God at all. You will never ever hear, experience, feel, or sense God, the only true God, calling you to hurt someone else or hate someone else or take revenge or not forgive? Never. When you're still in being, human words can't really explain or describe what it's like. Now, we try, especially those of us who write and speak because we traffic in words. And as inspiring as people's words may be, they just barely touch the surface of how wonderful it really is just to be in the presence of God who is pure light and pure love and pure joy with no darkness. My friend Ron Wright from Canada has a Facebook page called soul wind. And it says on that page, it's dedicated to all people who are on the inward journey to spiritual awakening inward, where you just, be and you listen to God in you. Here's something he posted a couple of days ago. It's titled Rescued Awareness. He says the greatest rescue mission in the world is the rescue of your awareness. We live in a time of unprecedented distraction. Our attention is molested at every turn, divided among endless trivia taken captive by every consumer ploy, and when sucked dry of every ounce of life, it's left scattered among the ruins of meaninglessness. We're in so many places that we feel small, scattered, and purposeless. Our hearts need to be recollected, like billiard balls scattered among the pockets of an ended game. We need all of our interior pieces to be gathered and racked up once again to remind us of our capacity for interior greatness. This is what Meditation is good for. We come back to ourselves. We regather our interior energies and essences into our original wholeness, like raindrops falling back onto the ocean from which they were removed. Here, we touch our essential self, unborn, uncontrived, unconditioned, unconformed. It is our complete and infinite self the womb of our fullness. Here, we regather our thoughts and our feelings and our moods and our intentions and our dreams and our issues and our drama and our hurts and our hopes. For once, he says, we just sit and let our being be. For once, we just sit and let our being be. No fixing, no probing, no demands, no commands. We just let everything return to the perfect wholeness of our unconditional being. Like rivers falling back to the sea, under the draw of gravity, we return to our essential self by the unforced drawing of love. Here we don't do, we be. We don't fix, we fly. We don't control, we let go. We don't manipulate, we appreciate. He writes, when spirituality becomes nothing more than just another thing to do, to fix or correct or make right something about your life, you're altogether on the wrong footing. You're starting from the wrong premises. We're not out to find out what's wrong with us, but what is incredibly, stunningly, beautifully good and true. What is discovered on the other side of all of our preoccupations and distractions is that our essential self is an ocean of ontological perfection and pristine clarity. We realize that our usual state of scattered consciousness is just the tip of an iceberg of boundless awareness that rests within its own benediction of brilliance. We can actually step into this deeper identity and live from it as naturally as the sun shines and flowers bloom. For the sake of your own sanity, our world's future, and the enlightenment of a prodigal planet, he says, I beg you, come home. Come home to your essential self. Come home to your pristine nature. Come home to your interior landscape that is a new Eden. Let all the living things there be gathered to you to name and to give power to. Take up your dominion within and fill the earth with blessing. Heal your mind from all its distraction with a renewed attraction to your interiority. Return to your rest. Return to your best. Forget all the rest. Wow. Wow. The rescue of your awareness, your awareness that of the oneness that you have with God, who is pure love and pure light without a trace of darkness. It's amazing. All right, I want to close with a vision that my friend Mo Thomas had. Mo's on Facebook. He's a a new author and just a great, wonderful guy. And He was telling me when I interviewed him recently that one day, didn't expect this coming, one day, During a really tough time in his life, he's a math guy, and he's really into quantum physics and that kind of stuff. He said, one day, God took him an out-of-body experience into a black hole. There was just blackness everywhere. And then after a few seconds, it became beautiful, pure light. And at the end of that light, as far as he could see in the light, was Jesus and about halfway between him and Jesus, a cross appeared, like a three-dimensional prism. And Jesus started focusing himself on that cross. The light went through the cross. And then he said like a hundred trillion particles of color just exploded from the cross and just kind of came towards him and filled him and went on through him and around him. And he said, God showed him that those hundred trillion colors were each an aspect of God's essence and character. What a vision. What a vision. And he said, God just had him ponder and ruminate and meditate on different ones of those. Well, that's what I want to encourage you all to do. I've got a little thing called 14 days of pure light meditation. If you'd like me, Contact me and and I'll send you a PDF document of it. It's based on Ephesians 3, 14, 21, 1 John 1, 5, James 1, 7, Psalms 46, 10. Be still and know that God is pure, perfect light with no hint or trace of darkness, no buts, no conditions, no restrictions, no qualifications, no exclusions, no limits. Here are the 14 things. I encourage you to take one of these each day for 14 days. Be still. Just think about it. And ask the Holy Spirit of Christ, the mind of Christ in you, to tell you what the Holy Spirit wants you to know about that quality of God. Here are the 14: agape, unconditional love, pure, unlimited, overflowing grace, pure, amazing joy, pure, perfect peace, pure patience, pure kindness, pure goodness pure gentleness, pure faith of Christ, pure life, pure compassion, pure mercy, pure inclusion and acceptance, pure truth. Friends, those are not just words or concepts. They are God's essence, God's nature. They are who God is. Now, we're tempted to think, well, you know, compassion is a word, a concept, a feeling, something you're supposed to do. But when you meditate and picture yourself in the ocean— with just water all over you and around you, everywhere full of compassion, for example. It's just encompassing you. You're in it. You're immersed in it. And it's totally good with no darkness. That's God revealing that aspect of God to you. Pure light with no trace or darkness. These words are like those different colored prisms that came floating up through Christ in that light, just entering into you. Pure, perfect light. I encourage you to develop a habit if you don't already do this. Invest some time for the next 14 days. Get away where it's quiet, no devices, nobody else around, and be still. And take one of these words each day and be still. And ask Christ in you to tell you what he wants you to know, to reveal to you what that word means to him. And then, as we learned a few weeks ago, start saying what God says, homologio, which we incorrectly translate as confess. It means to say the same thing as God does. So then start to say the same thing as God does about unconditional love with no limits and no conditions, things like that. And I encourage you to write these things down. Write down what God says to you and keep them in a little folder in a journal or whatever. And occasionally review those, share them, be still, and know the great I am. Thanks for being with me, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this, and I look forward to seeing you next time on Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.